let the kid be who they are physically and, and mentally. Don't try to change them and put them in a cookie cutter uh, style of hitting, style of catching, style of pitching. Uh, the, the more you try to do that, the more people I think you eliminate. Welcome to episode 260 of Alberta Dugout Stories the Podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. We have ourselves quite the episode to get to with four guests from this past weekend's Blue Jays Academy National Coaches Clinic. So let's take a quick look at the news headlines from this past week. We'll start with the National Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum, where the class of 2024 was unveiled. Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, and Joe Maurer received the call from Cooperstown Tuesday evening, all securing the needed 75% to get in. They'll join manager Jim Leyland, who was selected by the Contemporary Baseball Era Committee in early December for the induction ceremony July 21st. While he didn't receive enough votes to get in again this year, former Calgary Cannons Alex Rodriguez and Omar Vizquel saw their share of the vote stay relatively stable from last year. For a full rundown of the results, as well as a look at the Alberta connections to all three of the new inductees, our Ian Wilson has penned another great story, which you can read at albertadugoutstories.com. Amidst news of new academy programs in Red Deer and Medicine Hat recently, another program is coming next fall. The Sherwood Park Minor Baseball Association has announced it's partnering up with the Holy Redeemer Catholic School to create the Raiders Baseball Academy. So stay tuned for more on that program in the weeks and months ahead. And Baseball Alberta is looking for umpires heading into the 2024 season. NUCP clinics are being held for Level 1 and Level 2 umpires all over the province with dates in February, March, and April. And speaking of Baseball Alberta, they've also put out a call for girls and women's provincial team coaches. For more information on both opportunities, head to BaseballAlberta.com. Let's get on to this week's guests, and they all come from the Blue Jays Academy National Coaches Clinic at Weber Academy just outside of Calgary. Dozens of coaches spent last weekend learning more about how they can get the most out of their teams through drills, practices, and even game planning with several high-profile guest speakers, including former Toronto Blue Jays Pat Borders, Devon White, Buck Martinez, and Ernie Witt, as well as Baseball Canada Women's National Team and Vancouver Canadians coach Ashley Stevenson, and former MLB hurler and Weber Academy Senior Director of Baseball Operations Chris Rietzma. The weekend also featured a youth clinic on Saturday morning, which is when we were able to sit down with each of the guests Leading off the podcast this week is Calgary's own Chris Rietzma. Chris, the Blue Jays Academy Coaches Clinic here in your own backyard. How cool is it to have them here and, and to experience this, but also to give back to the community uh, and the kids here? Yeah, just amazing in every way. You know, I mean, um, all the credit goes to the Weber family for dreaming something like this up and having facility to host a wonderful event like this. And when the Blue Jays contacted me, it was kind of a, a no-brainer. You know, the Rogers Center is under construction right now, so they couldn't have the coaches clinic there. And um, like you said, this is a facility that is meant for things like this. So it's a, it's a blessing for me to, to, to be a part of this you know organization and then to open our doors to local coaches, uh, coaches from around the country, um, and you know great Blue Jays from the past to come be a part of it as well. How much of it is picking brains? I noticed you were sitting there chatting with Pat and Devon earlier. You are chatting with Ashley at the end there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an opportunity not just to, to showcase your facility, but also to maybe grow, grow your knowledge base a little bit too, I suppose. Sure. And in this game, no matter what you've done, where you've been, or what you have been a part of, you're always learning. Um, and that's one thing I've learned. Um, so yeah, it's important to ask these questions, right? And you're looking at uh, Pat Borders and Devon White, and and you know telling them stories about me being in high school, watching them play in in, in you know the World Series, and that's fun, right? As uh, I'm still a fan and still a kid at heart, and 
Um, so yeah, it's neat to have all these guys here. And, and Ernie Witt was a manager of mine in the World Baseball Classic, and then everyone knows Buck. So it's great. It's uh, it's great to be a part of, and really glad they can all make it. Kind of an all-encompassing coaches clinic too when you look at the roster everybody brings something different to the table so when you look ahead to this afternoon session for example what do you see out of that what are you hoping to get out of it yourself yeah. and what are you hoping to give to uh, the coaches who are in attendance well, I'm, li- I'm looking forward to listening to everybody and then um, when I get up there I think my main goal is to is to think about who I'm speaking to and what is kind of the hot button topics of what needs to be talked about from the pitching perspective in amateur baseball uh, in Alberta in Canada uh, so I'll hit on a bunch of those topics and and uh, hopefully have some good questions coming back at me and um, be able to hopefully be informative and helpful. You've got your pulse or finger on the pulse of baseball here, and, and if, especially from a pitching perspective. What do you think are some of the big issues right now uh, when it comes to pitching in this country? Um, I think I think the uh, the search for velocity at too young of an age is a problem for me. I think that people think about velocity as the as the only metric that really matters, and that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the whole weighted ball world is an issue right now. I think that we're dealing with kids that uh, we're putting at risk by giving them too much uh, weight or you know kind of messing them up in a lot of ways physically um, you know causing health concerns and also not really getting them to understand the intricacies of pitching so that's one of them I'd say Um, and then just being able to teach uh, throwing from the right perspective um, and proper throwing proper long toss uh, what's important why it's important um, so those are a couple of topics that I think are, you know, not only Alberta needs to hear that, but, you know, North America wide, basically. Mm-hmm. Especially, I, and I've talked to a lot of guys who have had Tommy John as an example, and they're doing it at 16 or 18. Like, that should be kind of a bit of a red flag, shouldn't it? That maybe we need to take the foot off the gas a little bit and teach these kids how to pitch versus how to throw. Correct. And that starts with mechanical frameworks and understanding that you have to be, you know, controlled aggression as a pitcher rather than being out of control with, you know, recoils and head wax and, you know, arm angles that are inconsistent. It's an unnatural movement throwing a baseball. Mm-hmm. And when you overweight things and underweight things and overload and underload the shoulder joint, the elbow joint, that's a big, big problem. And, and it's an epidemic with the amount of kids that are coming down with Tommy John surgery or shoulder blowouts because they haven't been preparing the right way and then they just grip and rip and do it the wrong way. So, um, yeah, it's very prevalent and that's something that we're trying to educate and get people to hopefully buy into the right way of doing things. Is there also an element of, I'll call it, whether it's multi-sport or uh, multi-positional playing? Um, We talk a lot about like say 11 year old kids who are being thrown out there every three or four days because they're the ace of the staff so to speak Mm -hmm. is there an element of needing to teach coaches that hey there's some value in letting kids do other things whether it be on the baseball field or elsewhere yeah i think first of first and foremost i think um you know being a multi-sport athlete as a as a young kid is extremely important especially if you're just want to focus primarily on baseball well it's a skill specific sport but you can only throw so much mm-hmm. you can only hit so much right so um getting coaches to understand for instance your question when you talk about uh, maybe you play three games in a weekend or four games in a weekend and the kid's playing um you know pitches the first game and then he goes to play shortstop the next game and then he's out in the outfield and he's firing balls you have to be able to understand the torque and the workload that you put on the kid's body and arm 
and then be able to coach around that mm-hmm. um, with safety being, you know, and health being first and foremost. Mm-hmm. One of the guys that I always looked up to and he didn't have a ton of velocity was Greg Maddox. And is there an element of that that you kind of teach in a lot of the kids is, hey, like, you don't have to be the 100 mile an hour guy. You can, as long as you can place it, you're, you're good as gold. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, movement, location mm-hmm. um, are more important than velocity for me. Um, you know, I think that if you talk to good hitters, would they rather face, you know, a 91, a 92 mile an hour fastball that's moving on a corner or a 96 mile an hour fastball that's straight down the middle with a force? And it's, they're going to take, they love hitting those, that velocity, mm-hmm. the, the, the higher level guys. Um, so here we teach proper long toss, understanding that hand speed and velocity will come, but we preach change up before breaking ball and understanding the intricacies of pitching uh, rather than, you know, just grunting and groaning and mm-hmm. letting it rip. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask a couple of other questions. One, uh, Simon Baker from your program mm-hmm. uh, had a m- massive Canadian Future Showcase, mm-hmm. goes home with MVP. He's committed to an NCAA Division One school. How proud of him and how mm-hmm. proud are you as a whole of being able to have a kid like that uh, show up mm-hmm. as he did? Yeah, it's great. You know, it's great for him, first and foremost, and for his family. Um, you know, we are so proud of our athletes, and if that's if that's a kid going to Division One or a kid realizing his dream and going to uh, you know a CCBC school or or you know a junior college down in the states, we're equally happy for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, Simon's a special talent, and it's been great. Um, as our program develops and grows, this is only our third year in existence, so we're going to see more and more kids get. Just, I mean, if you're not getting better in this facility with the coaching we have here then something's wrong mm-hmm. and so these kids are getting better and as time goes on there's going to be more and more kids committing to you know the top programs and, and that's great you mentioned simon's a special talent what is it mm-hmm. about him that sets him apart what in your eyes allowed him to to be as good as he was especially in that showcase well i think it for one it's you know he's blessed with um with strength with speed with arm speed arm quickness he's also blessed with the ability to put bat on ball he doesn't swing and miss a lot um and his swing has really progressed. So you put all those things together and him not being intimidated. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, a, it was a great tournament for him. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he moves very well uh, athletically. And that's what we teach here. And he's just a very good athlete. You watch him dunk a basketball and he flies. You know, I mean, he just there's certain intangibles you can't teach and he possesses those. Another guy that uh, you, you've chatted with over the years and worked with, obviously, is, is Michael, who's been uh, traded to Chicago now and mm-hmm. uh, looking to bounce back, gets a change of scenery. I, I understand he's back. He was back in Calgary recently. Uh, Do you have a chance to talk with him, one, and two, what's been the kind of the tone? What's he feeling uh, heading into this next spring training with, uh, with a bit of a different, different mindset, maybe? Well, it's been special for me to be part of his life. I've coached him since he was 13, mm-hmm. and to see his progressions and make it to the big leagues and be an all-star, it's been great. Obviously, there's been some injuries along the way with Achilles problems and different things. It was important for him to get a, a fresh start, and so we were excited for him to, to go to Chicago, which is awesome. Uh, he works out here every single day with me, um, and it's fun to watch his progressions in terms of you know uh, throwing-wise. Uh, we've done a lot of different work mechanically, just getting him, just making necessary changes to make sure it's more efficient and protecting his body. Um, so it's been great. He's been, uh, he's in Chicago right now for the Fan Fest, so that's why he's not here. But, um, you know, he, uh, he's been here every day and he's been great with the kids as well. Mm-hmm. So he's uh, one of those kids that, one of those guys that comes in, gets his workout, and then 
he actually helps with the wildcat players too which is very special mm-hmm. what do you what do you predict out of him what do you see out of him this winter that makes you go he can be a, a force with chicago that he can he can turn that corner and become that contributing you know even if he becomes a a bit of a like 50 percent of what he was in 2019 he's still going to be a very effective major leaguer mm-hmm uh, I think the sky's the limit for him. I really do. And it's all been, been about health, right, and with his lower body and getting him healthy. Uh, now he has the opportunity, and he's put the work in. Uh, so I'm very, obviously, um, bullish on, on what he's going to be able to do, um, not just because I love the kid and he's worked so hard and we're, we're good buddies, but just because of I, I really believe in the work he's put in. So I think it's going to be a great year. Mm-hmm. Final question for you. You've been involved with the uh, Baseball Canada na- Junior National Team as well. You're getting to see kids this age you know, working hard and, and hoping to, to, to have a future in baseball as well. What do you see in the scene here in Canada and what it's progressed to? What are, what's the next few years look like for, mm-hmm. for baseball in this country? I think it's, you know, all arrows are pointing up, um, you know, uh, facilities like this coming on board, facilities across the country are getting better and better. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it's just a matter of time. Uh, I think we're getting better as, as a group, as time goes on. I think post COVID there was a little bit of a hiccup on the junior national team where, you know, we didn't quite have the experience that, you know, we weren't allowed to play like some of the American kids were and whatever it might be. But we're going to get back to that, and we've had success in that level in the past. Um, and yeah, I'm very—I'm just looking forward to to kids really being passionate about the game, um, putting the work in, and you know, dreaming. And uh, that's why we're here. Chris, really appreciate the time. Thanks for having us here at yeah. Weber Academy. You bet. Thank you. Next up is Ashley Stevenson, who we last chatted with for episode 199 of the podcast back in September of 2022. It's been a crazy year or so for the Baseball Canada legend as she started coaching with the Vancouver Canadians and has continued her coaching duties with the women's national team as well. And she was definitely a ball of energy throughout the entire morning. Ashley, welcome back. Glad to have you. You're back here in Alberta. It's a little chillier than we probably like, but at the same time, I get to be inside here at Weber. What's it like getting to, to be with the kids and get to instill that love of baseball into uh, into the little ones? Uh, you know what? This is so fun. This facility, I've never been to this complex before. I know the last few years some of the other instructors said that they've been here and they've kind of got to see it develop over over the last couple of years. And this my first time here. This, this academy is really quite unbelievable. Um, and then it's nice to, to be able to host things like this. So I haven't run... Um, an amateur clinic in well over a year now just because last year I was away from it from the summer um, and it's so fun like I teach but I teach high school kids and it's really really nice sometimes to see the little ones just enjoy it like we're playing wiffle ball baseball right now <laughs> and you'd think it was game seven of the World Series right so uh, it's it's easy everybody's got a smile on their face people cheering having fun so this is like why I started playing baseball. This is why I still am involved in baseball. So I, I love doing stuff like this. Obviously, you get a, a nice supporting cast to go along with it as well. The camaraderie, I, I notice everybody's making their way around, talking to one another. Talk about being able to have that team beside you and, and be able to uh, to really kind of develop that love of the game. And, and also, I know there's a lot of parents upstairs even who are watching in disbelief saying, hey, there's some Baseball Canada and Toronto Blue Jays people here too. That's pretty cool. Yeah, like some of the instructors we've been with um, as this amateur clinics for years, uh, like 10, 15 years we were joking about like the OGs and, and what we used to do years ago and stuff like that and how many more people are involved with it and, and how how they've really grown that um, that program, especially uh, 
across Canada. Like a lot of it obviously is in Ontario and stuff like that, but they've really done a great job of now making it uh, countrywide. And, and, you know, we talk about the Blue Jays being Canada's team. And so, uh, so it's awesome that they kind of take the show on the road and, and a lot of other provinces get to experience a lot of what they do. But even having like the, the former big leaguers out and stuff like that, like I've, I've had an opportunity to work with some of them and, and whatever, and uh, that, you know, come over and give you a hug and say hi. And Devo and I were chatting about what's going to happen at spring training and stuff like that. So for me, it's really cool. I grew up watching him play, watching him win World Series and cheering him on. And now I've had an opportunity to get to know him and work with them and then and, and chat with them. And so lots of these people have become really good friends. And so being out here with the kids is always fun, but kind of having our like support group and our group of friends too behind the scenes is, is really nice, mainly for development, just but for camaraderie as well. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you got the kids here this morning, this afternoon. You got the coaches back in session. Yeah. Uh, for those who aren't able to make it, give a little sneak peek. What's maybe some of your main takeaways, some of your main messages for those coaches who uh, are teaching these kids or are coaching these kids and, and getting at the grassroots? Uh, like starting, I'm covering lots of kind of infield fundamental stuff and going to try to have some progression. So if you have like some players who are a little bit uh, more advanced or whatever. So for me, I kind of go like switch to a teaching brain, right? So like here is my general message and it will work for like a main cohort of people and here's some modifications you can make in either directions a little bit easier a little bit more challenging depending on your athlete and then what I am going to talk about is like how you would now implement that into a practice right so lots of people when I if they're not a baseball person they think about baseball and they think it's slow it's boring you're standing around right but it doesn't have to be at all like that game speeds up a lot and and the way you set up your practices and run your practices can have everybody moving uh, and stuff like that so a lot of what I'm going to try to talk to coaches about is not just infielding but how you can then imp implement that infielding stuff into a really good practice plan so that people are moving all the time because there are like more touches on the ball more reps and stuff like that and, and not standing in line and, and uh, watching for a good portion right like if you do you can learn um, and then we can make adjustments so I'm going to touch on all kinds of things in 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> well one of the things too and, I, and I've talked to a couple of the coaches already about it is that idea of, of the multi-positional player, right? Otani has obviously put that in the spotlight in a big way, but when you think about even at the grassroots, you see kids pitching, specializing early on, or, hey, you're our shortstop because you're the yeah. star. Why not expose these kids to all the different positions and let them see what it's like? Because you never know where they might actually really love playing yeah. versus being good at. Yeah. And, and honestly, it just helps them learn the game. Like we talk all the time about like a, a baseball IQ or whatever sport you're playing, right? And so if I'm playing shortstop all the time, I don't really necessarily know first base responsibilities or second base responsibilities unless I'm, I'm working with them in the middle or something like that, or quite frankly, center field, left field, right? Um, and so the more positions you play, the more you learn and understand the game. And then the, the more of an asset you can be too. Like I talked to the, I was doing infielding here and I said, you know, how many people are just second base or just first base or whatever. And there's a few hands and I was like, well, if I'm a coach and let's say whoever's supposed to play third base isn't able to make it. And I ask you and you're like, oh, I only play second base. Okay, well, you could play third base for a whole game or you could play second base for half a game. Like to me, I'm going to play third base for a whole game. Mm -hmm. I want to get out there, right? So just like you're an asset to your your team to the coaching staff but just for their development mainly it's just for their development you get you know different positions bring their own set of challenges and, and they get to learn the game a little bit better so 
but it, but it's like all comes back to like a multi-sport athlete mm-hmm. and you know like that kind of thing especially at a young level uh so it's probably a, a larger topic a discussion but for me i'm a big fan of a multi-sport athlete and i'm a big fan especially at a young age of them playing different positions in the sport we talked about the athlete uh, development. How about the coaching development from your perspective? Because you've had a whirlwind last couple of years since yeah. last time you and I chatted. What's the last year specifically been like for you with the national program and with the Blue Jays and being able to to see baseball at a bunch of different levels? Um, it, it's been. You're right. It's been a whirlwind of a of a few years for me. Uh, first of all, like super grateful for my opportunities um i think i think honestly like baseball's in a good spot in this country but obviously there's room for for improvement um and and development me personally like my development has been huge the jays have been really great at giving me uh, opportunities to learn and uh and to take things on and and just like players like you don't learn a lot if you sit and watch and listen right like it's good to understand and whatnot but you got to do it to be able to to know you can do it so other people know you can do it uh and to develop make mistakes and, and growing it better and and they've really given me those opportunities like I got to be a first base coach multiple times this season uh, you know I let our outfielders even though I'm doing some infield stuff here I let our outfielders last year and, and they they gave me like full throttle with uh, with those guys and if I had questions then I just went to, to people like Devo etc for some for some clarification or whatever but they've been excellent in, in my development mainly because they just they let me coach like anybody else would be allowed to coach, and that's that's how you get better, right? Like you just do it, you learn, you grow, you do research, you talk to good people, uh, lots of people, and just kind of build your your toolbox, so to speak, and, and try to get better. So, so I, I appreciate what they've done for me. They've really allowed me, and I, and I love it, and I work hard. Uh, so it's kind of been a, a really good fit, maybe a bit better than I even thought it would be, to be honest. <laughs> Very cool. When you think about the the women's national team now, I know you've had some winter meetings, kind of getting players to know each other yeah. and that kind of stuff. What are you getting the sense of with this team as you go about things? I know you're not making any decisions yet, but yeah. do you get the sense is this going to be a young team, a scrappy team? You've seen some of the athletes. What are you what are you getting the sense of? I mean, I think a Canadian team's always going to be a scrappy team. I, I really do. Like, I think they they play with a lot of. Um, heart and hustle and, and I think that will always be a characteristic that a, the coaching staff is looking for but um, it'll be a younger team for sure uh, we'll have some veteran presence but it'll, it'll be a young team for sure and, and that's okay like we don't have a junior national team uh, and we, we've talked about that as, a, as Baseball Canada program and, and the, the need for that because like we don't have a chance to develop then at that level and bring people on to the national level so some of our our best athletes you're taking a shot at at that at that level and you're gonna hope you get them for you know, five, six, seven plus years and really work with them. So so that's one of the reasons that they're pretty young. Um, but I think we'll be a scrappy team. Uh, we're really using the winter to do some, like some pre-scout of, of other teams, pitching, hitting, like there's video uh, from the WBSC uh, qualifiers last year. So we're doing our research and, and we're doing that stuff to help players too learn and, and like talk about baseball IQ. Like how do you want to pitch people? How do you want to attack at the plate? Like what pitches are you looking for and stuff like that. So that helps them come with a plan and you know, all that kind of good stuff. The, the fun stuff that rounds out like a complete baseball player. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure how it'll how it'll all shape out yet because there's uh, a lot of athletes in the winter meetings, and, and obviously it's not just uh, those athletes who have an opportunity to make it. We'll be scouting and, and have eyes on lots of people this summer. But um, scrappy, I think, would be a, a really good word. I, I think we've always got some grit, and I I love that about our program, really. 
Fantastic stuff. I know there's some picture taken. I don't want you to miss that. So okay. thanks so much for joining us this okay. afternoon. Thank you. Our next conversation is with former MLB All-Star, Gold Glove outfielder, and three-time World Series champion Devon White. His 21-year pro career included stops with the Edmonton Trappers in 1985, 1986, and 1990. So Alberta is somewhere he's been familiar with for a while now. Unfortunately, my recording device ran into some technical difficulties during this interview. However, I was able to salvage most of the conversation. So instead of the full interview this time around, let's break it into pieces, starting with his thoughts on working with the kids first thing on a Saturday morning. Never a bad thing. You know, I, I try to bring some of the you know, um, heat from down south up, but it didn't work. Talk a little bit about being able to give back to the community, not just in Toronto, but across Canada. I mean, the Blue Jays really are a, a national team, and people love you from coast to coast. Yes, um, and, you know, well, the support we have for the, the whole country, even from, you know, this side of the world, you might say, um, it, it's great. So when we have the opportunity, you know, to give back to the young guys here, and this is a great facility, too. We're not outside, so you know, it's great. We then talked about some of his messages heading into the clinic, which included the value of playing different positions to help understand the game as a whole. We also talked about his travels through Canada as a player and now as a coach and guest speaker at different events. Talk a little bit about uh, the, the transformation, I guess, of baseball in Canada from your eyes, because you've been, you've been doing these camps for a while now. What are you seeing as you go from coast to coast and see the talent that's available out there? lot more kids from Canada is getting drafted in the MLB and and that's the good thing because they're starting at a good age and you know parents is taking them away from soccer and hockey a little bit more hockey you might say but um, you can see the transformation turning in the minor league I've, you know seen a lot of kids from Canada that's been in the the T12 I don't know what they call it now but that tournament they have in in Toronto you just see those kids grow and in fact we have two of them on our team um, one was this Desan Brown was in the program in the Toronto area and he's gone a long way and you know he's projected in the next couple of years he might be in the big leagues. Another guy you've had in, in the system, Damiano Palmaciani. I'm wondering what uh, what you see out of him because he's he started off kind of slow, but, man, he's he's really come along strong, hasn't he? Yes, he is. A big, strong, power-hitting guy for us at third base, and I got the opportunity to see him this year. And he kind of reminded me, say, hey, Devo, you remember me? I was in such and some camp he went to. And I'm like, no, but, you know, glad that you remember me. But he's turned into a big, strong kid. When you think about sort of the evolution of the game from your perspective, not just from a talent, but also the attitude, you know, there's a little bit of jump, a little bit of swagger maybe. As a coach who might be dealing with some of these new personalities, what do you tell the coaches out there to, to kind of bring everything down and, and make sure that the talent shines through, but also, you know, you could allow for a little bit of fun and games too? Well, it, it all depends on, you know, um, what kind of coach you have. If it's a no-nonsense guy and he believes in, and respecting the game and you know there's kids that are going you know they're watching the highlight of the major league players and they're going out and doing the things that they're doing now and you know um, I'm old school so I don't agree with it it's like let's win a ball game then we can show off you might say. From there we talked more about his philosophies on coaching with a little nod to analytics saying it's a tool but shouldn't be the be-all end-all. We changed gears a bit to wrap things up and had to talk about his playing days in Alberta. I gotta ask, uh, you're back here in a province that you, when you were younger as a player, you might have had a love-hate relationship with uh, with Alberta, in Edmonton specifically. What do you remember about your time with the Trappers? 
Oh, it was definitely love. Um, I was here for two and a half years in Edmonton. I played in Calgary, played in Vancouver. So I enjoy my time, you know, playing this side, this side of the, you know, the world. You might say I use it that way, but um, playing on the west northwest, you might say. It's just early in the year, it was cold, but during the summer, I really enjoy playing up here because of the weather. It was a lot cooler in South. Mm -hmm. I was looking back on some of the files, and, and you said, like, it'd be nice to stay in California and, and play with the Angels full-time versus going back and forth, because it's probably a long, uh, long airplane ride back and forth. But when you think back on that time, how, how much has, did that kind of help frame your your position on baseball and in life because it, it kind of allowed you to deal with some of the failures of the game as well. Yeah, well, the game is always going to be up and down no matter where you play and what position you play. You just have to um, learn. And me and my um, ex-teammate, Pat Borders, was talking about it. Is this nowadays kids are not used to failure. And, you know, we, we fail, but we got to find out why we fail and how to get out of, you know, the slump or the failure and not just giving up and in today's day and age it's kind of more of a you know after they have to get a little push mm -hmm. and you know and that's what what the coaching comes in and fantastic final question for you and i'll let you get going what does game baseball mean to you well it, it's it's definitely my world it's been my life you know more than half of my you know my life you might say so i've been in the game for a long time and just to see players enjoy and and the game has grown um it's just it's just been a bit pleasure being around be around devon mm -hmm. really appreciate the time thanks so much for joining us thank you our last guest on this week's show is pat borders a two-time world series champion with the blue jays in the 1992 world series mvp he had a 25-year pro career which actually started here in alberta in 1982 with the medicine half blue jays he hit 304 that season with five home runs and 33 RBI in 61 games as the Baby Jays earned their first and only Pioneer League championship. Borders was happy to chat about those memories as well as his values as a coach, which he did with the Williamsport Crosscutters from 2015 to 2019. Truth be told, he and I have been wanting to sit down for a while now to chat about his days in Medicine Hat. Pat, first off, thanks so much for joining us. Talk about coming back to, to Canada, one, and two, being able to travel the, the country and being able to get back to the game like you do with uh, camps like this. Oh, it's fun. It's fun getting her back around uh, ex-teammates. Uh, Buck Martinez never got the opportunity to play with him, but he feels, feels like a teammate because he was around so much. We got to speak together, a good relationship with him. Uh, getting back to Western Canada, it's always beautiful out here. The people are really refreshing to be with, and uh, it's really, really good to see as a ball went by our head. Uh, really good to see these kids learning baseball in a facility to make them compete with uh, the American kids. Mm -hmm. uh, as in the past, I think they, they were at a slight disadvantage. This, this facility right here is uh, giving them, giving them even playing field. Talk a little bit about the, the kid aspect for a minute and getting them to love the game again. I mean, it's one thing to, especially here in Canada, you battle with hockey, you battle with football. Being able to, to instill a love of the game at, at something like this, uh, it's got to be a, a good feeling. Well, I think it's I think it's good to have that competition with different different sports like that. You'll have different kids to take fill their niche, whatever it may be. As uh, long as they can they can be exposed to different things. I think the problem uh, pre previously with the lack of uh, exposure for the kids to baseball. There's some kids that are going to like hockey more, and rightfully so. And then there's some kids that are going to like uh, baseball also, rightfully so, to them. So mm -hmm. I, I think that everything's going in the right direction. 
obviously you get to have the kids this morning this afternoon you get to talk to the coaches is the the coaching instructor what do you tell or the catching instructor what are you telling those coaches about getting the most out of their catching position and making sure that they're getting the most out of their their kids game in and game out well, i'll take a snippet from it I'd, I'd let the kid be who they are physically and and mentally don't try to change them and put them in a cookie cutter uh, uh, style of hitting, style of catching, style of pitching. Uh, the, the more you try to do that, the more people I think you eliminate. Uh, let the kids, uh, and any player at any age, let them let them expose what their abilities are and and, and get the most out of that. I think is the best way to say it. How important is it to also not, I'll call it, specialize in a position as well early on? I mean, you look at the kids and you're like, oh, that's going to be my pitcher because he can already throw 80, for example, or that's my shortstop. You're a prime example of someone who, you know, the third baseman converted cat to catcher, right? So how important is it for those coaches to keep that in mind? Is that they should be all trying different positions? Well, I think it's also good that you, you play the different sports. You mentioned different sports a few minutes ago. Uh, I think baseball will help you in hockey. I think hockey will help you in baseball, just as football helped me in baseball and vice versa. Also basketball, which I played, played growing up, helped you in different aspects of different sports. If you limit yourself and, and, and put yourself in a, a, little, a, little, a little hole, you're, you're negating any kind of uh, future athletic movements that are going to benefit you in a different sport maybe. I guarantee you that if you, uh, you, you put someone in, in, on a hockey uh, a rink and you bring them out to baseball, there's going to be something that's going to make them a better baseball player and probably vice versa as well. Mm -hmm. It's interesting how the dynamic has changed a little bit because back when you and I were growing up, for example, we were kind of taught, hey, play, you play, for example, hockey in the winter, basketball in the winter, and baseball in the summer, and now, and then it kind of changed where it's like, no, you got to specialize, and 12 months a year you're specializing in this sport. It's kind of changing back, isn't it? Like, it feels as though parents are a little bit more open to the idea of having kids stretching out in different ways and, and learning different skill sets. I don't know, I think a different, different parts of the... Of, the, of each country, I think you might find diff different results in that. But the, at, at the end of the day, I think you you need to let the kid experience different things uh, for the reasons I said before, but also for the mental reasons. You, you can get to where you can burn out a kid in a specific sport, and you're going to eliminate them from playing or really being good at it later and possibly could have been good at it. I've seen kids that are really good and really talented at, at a baseball position, to, 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 to name a few, and they play it so much, they get wore out by it so much that they just find joy in another sport regardless if they're not quite as good. Mm -hmm. When you look at the game in Canada, even from the days of 92, 93 and, and that, and after your playing career you've been given back, and that, what are you noticing about the scene here in Canada? What are you noticing about the, the talent level that you're seeing out of the athletes here? Well, I, surprisingly, I think you, you're, you're going to see uh, more baseball players and even football players come out of, come out of Canada. As, as opposed to years past, this this facility right here is like a prime example. I, I would love to have this in Florida, mm -hmm. you know, for different reasons. It's too hot down there sometimes <laughs> in the summer, and vice versa. It's cold up here, but this this is this is going to help help these kids compete. It's going to let them uh, start at a young age. You you, you kind of think about golf. Uh, if you don't start golf at a young age, you probably are going to be tough and behind the eight ball. If you want to be a high level pro uh, tutor type guy. And the you know, same thing with this right here. You, you, the, the higher level you get, the more you play at a younger age, the better you're going to be at all the sports. Mm -hmm. I mentioned Medicine Hat. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about it. 1982, you get drafted by the Blue Jays. They say your first assignment is in Medicine Hat, Alberta. What goes through your mind, especially when you don't have Google, to see where on the map that might even be? 
Well, we can take a step back further than that. Said, who the hell were the Blue Jays? <laughs> I was from Florida. Heck, I, I watched the Atlanta Braves, uh, maybe the Cubs, because we had you know, limited access to, to TV or any kind of knowledge. So the, the Blue Jays were completely off the radar. I didn't know who they were. Uh, then they say, well, right now you got drafted by the Blue Jays, and you're going to Alberta, Canada. So I got to look up where Alberta is, because you know high school high school kids are not really paying too much attention to Western Canada, <laughs> let alone Alberta. And so I go up here and I had had a, had a great time. One of the, one of the most entertaining times. Uh, the kids off that team, the kids then are men now. I still con- have contact with them. As a matter of fact, uh, the center fielder I spoke to yesterday off my rookie ball team, and uh, you keep in contact with th- th- those people forever. You know, there's it's. It was a wonderful environment. I couldn't ask for a better situation coming to high school. Not only that, uh, that team came together at the right time and managed to pull together a championship as well. The only one in that team's history. What was that run like looking back on it, being able to, to win a championship that at, at that age, at that level? Well, I think uh, a, we had good talent. We had some guys that played, played in the big leagues and played for a long time. Uh, but you, you, you had a really good environment to create a team, which I think sometimes is overlooked, especially nowadays, is more of an individual sport, which is not, in my opinion, you, you, you play as a team, you do things as a team that aren't on uh, paper, aren't on, aren't, aren't on stats that help you win. And uh, us being in, the, in the, the silver buckle end, I don't know if it even exists anymore. <laughs> it does, yeah. that, 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 that was where we all stayed, and it was, it was like a college dorm. Uh, we, we would see each other, be around each other, you know, except when we were sleeping, sometimes fall asleep in the same, same room watching TV or playing cards, whatever it may be. But we had an absolute good time and uh, one of the closest teams. Uh, it, would ri- it, it, it would more than rival the teams that we won in 92 and 93, and I think that was a big part of why we won. We were so close and defended each other on off the field. and. Uh, uh, it just became very close and still keep in touch with most of those guys now. Mm-hmm. Talk about Keith Gillum's performance in that final complete game, 6-1 victory. Uh, you got a front row seat to one of the best pitching performances I think that that team ever saw. Yeah, we got, we, we got college players from all over the, all over the place. And here I was a high school kid uh, myself, uh, Cash Beecham, another, another mm-hmm. person that was a younger fellow. We're, we're throwing over these college players. And uh, they were good. Clemson, Jimmy Key, uh, Arizona State. We had uh, C.J. playing first base. Stan, uh, Stenhouse, the catcher. You know, he was, I think he was from uh, Holy Cross. You know, it, it, it was it was a nice blend of really good players, really high-level players. Uh, no wonder we won. We had good talent. But uh, once again, touching back to the silver buckle, I think that would, that pulled us all together. <laughs> Dwayne Larson. What comes to mind when that name comes up? Perfect. Mentality, attitude, and managerial style to make a kid better. He was very hard, uh, very, very compassionate when he had to be, but a very hard-nosed person, no nonsense, uh, hard worker. Required you to work hard. Required you to respect him. And uh, I think even kids today, I know kids back then, especially, they they want to have someone they respect and someone that requires and makes them respect them. And uh, he was that guy. Did you ever get fined for missing the bus or being late for the bus? Uh, <laughs> not not necessarily that year, but following years, I remember getting fined many, many times. <laughs> I heard a story about how he was fining guys 50 bucks. I think Cash was the one who was telling me that story. And he said, I got nipped once, and when you're get, making 600 bucks a month, that's a pretty big chunk of 50 bucks out of your, your paycheck pretty quick. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, that'll get your attention in a hurry. You can figure out how to pinch some pennies and find the places that are cheap to eat. 
I got fined uh, consecutively like two or three nights in a row, me being the style of person I guess I, guess I was at the time, not by him, but by another manager. And it essentially equaled out to my whole salary for the month. <laughs> so it, it, you, you really start pinching pennies. A couple more for you. Uh, thinking it back and a decade later, you go and win a World Series and then you win another one. How cool was it to be able to rise up the ranks? You had Jimmy Key on that team. You had David Wells on that team. Like there were some guys who uh, went up the ranks with you, even past Medicine Hat. And that team really kind of came together, didn't it, in, in, for a long time? I would say on average, you only have one person, maybe one and a half percentage-wise, uh, make it to the big leagues for one day off a team. We had several people make it for more than one day. Uh, I can't even think of all that. There's, there's probably another, maybe 10 people that made it to the big leagues. I'm mm -hmm. guessing right off the top of my head, but some that had some long careers. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a very unusual mix of people. So whoever organized the draft, and I, also you talk about Dwayne Larson's and you know, the next year, Dennis Holmberg, those people influenced us in, in, in a very deep way that made us better players. And I would have to say they had a huge part in making that many people get to the big leagues. Mm -hmm. Final question for you. It's one we ask everyone here on the show. What does the game of baseball mean to you? Uh, you know, everyone says it means everything to you, but it, it's 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 a family thing to me. Uh, you, you you can't create uh, this kind of camaraderie, uh, brotherhood, uh, people that I haven't met or not not met, haven't been around for you know a decade or two decades. When we get back together, it's like we saw each other yesterday. Absolutely, absolutely just a, uh, a brotherhood that I would say would obviously not as hard as the military, but something similar to that. Mm -hmm. Pat, really appreciate the time. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks again to Chris Rietzma, Ashley Stevenson, Devon White, and Pat Borders for joining us this week. And thanks again to the Blue Jays Academy crew for having us out on Saturday. We have one more conversation from the National Coaches Clinic, and that's with Buck Martinez, which will make up a part of next week's episode. So make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss that or any other future show. Before we go, we'd like to tip our caps to our Platinum supporters for all they do for us and for baseball in Alberta, the generosity of the Okotoks Dogs and AHP Academy have been integral in helping us tell the game stories in our province, helping us cover costs like web hosting fees and subscription services. For more on our partners and to get involved with your organization, head to albertadugoutstories.com supporters. Until next time, thank you for all of your support online, on social, and on air of Alberta Dugout Stories.